Hey, Afros community, welcome back to the Afro Show, where we host mobile experts to unlock valuable and actionable insights on how you can grow your app. No matter where you are in your app growth journey, we are here to help you reach your mobile growth goals. Let's dive into today's episode. Today, we are so excited to be joined by CS Moati, the founder of Products That Count. CS's track record truly speaks for itself, and we are honored to be joined by such a leader in our industry. CS began her career working for the likes of Electronic Arts, Facebook, and Nokia with a focus of building apps. Over the last decade, CS transitioned into investing in early-stage companies, writing a best-selling book called Mobilize, and launching Products That Count. Products Account is one of the largest and undoubtedly the most influential global network of product managers. Over 300,000 product managers globally read, watch, and listen to PTC's 3,000 plus blog posts, videos, and podcasts. Thousands attend PTC's 50 plus events a year, and over 10,000 C and VP level product executives, such as the Netflix product VP, Coinbase CPO, and Box CPO, share their best practices on what it takes to build great products. Get ready to hear from a true industry veteran and how the products that count community has helped educate people on what it takes to build a great mobile product in today's competitive landscape. Hello, this is Jennifer Sansone from App Growth Network, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the App Growth Show. Today, we're really excited to be joined by SC from Products That Count. And we're really excited about this interview because it's a, it's a nice fresh take on the way that we typically talk about app growth marketing and app growth strategies. Um, and it's a, it's a business approach that AGN actually um, holds near and dear to our hearts. In fact, one of our vision statements is uh, to be a one-stop solution for apps um, that are on a mission to make a difference, a positive impact on people's lives. So we're excited to talk to products that count but SC, it's going to come best from you. Tell us what Products That Count is all about and also tell us a bit about yourself. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for, for having me as your guest, Jennifer. It's great to be here. And I've known the, the network and the, the founders for a really long time. So it's great to reconnect in that fashion. So a little bit about me. Um, I've been in Silicon Valley for a couple of decades. Uh, the first one, I was building uh, mobile products, apps. I was working for Nokia. I was working for Electronic Arts, Facebook. And then uh, the last decade, I've been uh, investing in early stage companies. Uh, we're investors in Amplitude, in DigitalOcean. They power apps uh, big time. Um, and the, the transition from... Uh, entrepreneur slash product leader to investor is that I wrote a book, um, the book's actually right here, um, on how to build great products uh, with a special emphasis on, on mobile product. Now, obviously, everything is mobile, but at the time, it wasn't the case. And uh, through that process of writing a book, and that's sort of a different chapter, and you know, it did well, but that's not what I want to focus on today. Um, I, was, uh, I realized that there wasn't a place for product managers to get together, share best practices, learn from one another. And so I started what at the time was really a, a dinner series at, at my house. Some of the early members of the, this uh, platform re remember that. Uh, but today we reach 
over 300,000 product managers. And that's about 20% of all product managers. We reach them globally with a, a series of different programs, like a, over a dozen different programs. And so, um, you know, all these people build products, build mobile apps. And um, I have a lot of um, learnings, best practices from them that I'd be delighted to share. To your point about, you know, why we do what we do, it's a very meaningful work because um, we basically enable over 300,000 people to build a career in technology. And that is a way to bridge the gap of inequalities, change the course of their lives. So it's been really a great motivator for, you know, what, what keeps me and, and the organization going. Um, products that count in terms of, you know, org size, there's about a dozen, you know, people full-time managing this, uh, this platform. Wow, it's, it's really impressive then your, your reach and your growth, considering that, you know, like you said, you started um, in your home and now, you know, are, are, have this global reach. So why don't we dive into a little bit then more of what you were talking about is some of these learnings and best practices, like what are ways that specifically in the mobile industry, um, these managers have benefited from, from this community? Yes, absolutely. So maybe what I can share is um, a few ways that, um, you know, people who are building apps today can, can be successful. Um, and I'll start with a, with a myth. There's this idea that definitely comes from, from you know, Silicon Valley, where, where I live, that you have to find product market fit. And once you find product market fit, there's this magical, you know, line in the sand, and now you're just growing. Right. Um, and, and it couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, what, what happens practically is you build something that a few people like enough to hopefully give you some money to, to continue building. And as you build it, you acquire more customers. They ask for different you know, features and you know, extensions of your app. It may make some of your previous customers unhappy, so you're gonna to have to address that and you may lose product market fit, you regain it as you build more features. So there's really more like 50 shades of product market fit. And so if there's no kind of clear line in the sand and, and that's sort of a you know, mythical quest, then you know one of the best practice that I see the most successful apps do is um, really thinking about what I call the, the product equation. And the product equation is really to say, if I'm building a great product or a great mobile app, my goal, I'm a company, right? And my goal is to generate revenue. And so I'm going to look at how my product, how my app is generating revenue. So revenue, the equation is, you know, it's volume times price. Volume is typically a combination of how many customers and how many transactions per customer. So my, my product equation is revenue equals number of customers times number of transactions per customer times revenue per transaction. Now, as an app developer, whether you're the founder at early stage or a growth marketer or mobile marketer or product manager, mobile product manager, if you're able to articulate how you're gonna grow each of these three metric, 
how you're going to get more customers. You have an acquisition strategy, how you're going to get them to come back more often, right? Increasing the number of transactions per customer. You have an engagement strategy and how you're going to drive monetization from that number of, um, sorry, revenue per transaction. You have a monetization strategy. I can tell you, you're already like way ahead of the game, right? So that, that's going to give you a way to make your, your app and your product successful, outlining how you're going to drive each three of these strategies. That's not enough, but that's already a great starting point. Um, but I love how you just did that. You kind of encapsulated these major buckets right into this, into this formula that's really easy to follow. So I don't think we've ever heard it quite uh, put that way. So, so thank you for, for illustrating that point for us. So, um, so talking about growth, uh, in general and, and, this, and this approach. So, so to facilitate like this seamless app or product experience, what should be one's go-to growth strategy? Yes. So what will happen with that product equation is, is a couple of things. First of all, um, you know, laying it out and it's never that simple. You're going to have, you know, multiple sources of revenue because you may have, you know, revenue from your, uh, users, revenue from your creators, revenue from your advertisers. So you, you'll have, you know, it, it'll get, it's going to be a lot more complex than just that very simple equation, but we're going to stick to the simplicity just to illustrate the point. Once you have that equation laid out, you're going to alternate your focus between each of these three metrics. So early on, you'll say, hey, I need to get more customers so I can learn from them and see what makes them happy. So your focus is going to be on what do I need to do to drive that number of customers up? That will be your growth strategy. Then you'll have a critical mass of customers after, you know, say a few months of focusing on that. You're going to move to, hey, I want to get these customers to come back more often. It's much cheaper to re-engage an existing customer than to acquire a new one. So you'll shift your focus to your engagement strategy. And you're going to you know, do that effectively and, and re-engage your existing customers. Then you'll say, well, wait a minute. These people now are really loyal, really engaged. Let's make some money. And so you're going to focus on your third criteria, which is you know, the, the, the revenue per transaction, and try to maximize your, your price point. And as you do that, you'll say, oops, now I'm just at that threshold where I'm actually losing customers because you know, I need to revisit that. So let me go back to my initial one and increase my number of customers. And you're gonna basically alternate from one focus to the next. That's how as, a, as an app, you know, um, you, you're gonna be successful. If you try to focus on all three at the same time, as I often see, it, it's gonna be very hard for you to be successful unless you have infinite resources, which you know, most, most marketers, uh, growth marketers don't, don't do. I mentioned earlier that, you know, that, so that's the way you, you're going to grow by, by having a very laser focus on either acquisition or engagement or monetization. But that's actually not enough, especially in, in this market, whether you're B2B or B2C, regulated industry or not, um, there's an expectation with, uh, specifically with mobile apps that you're going to build something that is incredibly like consumer grade. Uh, these are our personal device devices. In fact, one of the key learnings um, 
from from writing my book is um, we think of technology as an extension of ourselves. And so when we expect a mobile app or mobile product uh, to be a you know, great app or great product, um, basically we, we have to think like that they're gonna make us better people. In my book, I use the, the mind, body, spirit framework to describe that because that's how you describe a, a full person. And it basically goes, you know, starting with the body, we all want to be looking great. We all want to, you know, uh, be beautiful. We expect that our technology is going to do the same. Now, beauty in technology is not about, you know, pretty design. It's about efficiency. It's about a certain woe factor. Um, and so that, that's the first rule. The second one uh, related to spirit is we all want to have meaningful lives. We all want to make an impact. So we similarly expect that our technology will be very personalized. And of course, the flip side of that, meaning they're going to also protect our privacy and happy to you know, dive into this if we have time. There's different ways that you look at the, the risks related to, to privacy and the opportunities for personalization. And then the third aspect, the, the mind rule, right, is we're all here because we want to be learning and growing as, as people. That's a, a key driver for, for who we are. And we also expect that our technology is going to be growing and, and evolving. And that needs to obviously be baked into apps. So the focus on metric is sort of the, the first step, right, that product equation driving revenue. But then to go from like good to great, basically, you really also have to focus on this other part, which you know, I call the, the product formula, which is really sort of making our technology uh, more human in a way. Mm -hmm. So maybe why don't we dive into a little bit about this that you mentioned about the privacy, sure. that, that privacy issue that you know, is, is kind of been such a, a topic for a, for a while now, but maybe why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really top of mind for app developers because it's becoming so important with, you know, the, the, the risks that are out there, geopolitics, the risks with, um, you know, some of the, the social dynamics that we're experiencing right now. So when I think of privacy, I think of like, what are the risks? And there's really three of them. One is um, individual, two corporate, and three government. And you know, some of them are, are clearer than others. So individual, we're very clear. We do not want, as a society, we do not want identity theft, right? So if you're building an app, you wanna make sure you're building to protect any of your users and customers against identity theft. That's really simple. The second one is corporation. And why we don't really like to admit it, as a, as a society, we're actually okay with corporations using our data. We like to have well-targeted ads as opposed to poorly targeted ads. We like to have free stuff as opposed to have paid stuff, right? Free being ad sponsored. And so uh, as, a, as an app builder, what you wanna do is make sure that in your terms of service, you specify how data is gonna be used by corporations, but you definitely wanna do that. Otherwise you're gonna be at a disadvantage. And then the third risk is the risk of government, right? Nobody wants to be in a big brother type situation. We know the consequences of that. But at the same time, when 
we look at, for example, the way we protect our borders, um, we use incredibly rudimentary criteria like what's your race, what's your gender, what's your nationality, what's your age, as opposed to things that are a lot more reliable and that we have access to such as, hey, are you calling terrorists? <laughs> or are you hanging out with terrorists? We have that information, we don't use it, right? So the, the bottom line is if you're building an app that has kind of that touches, you know, government and, and that kind of uh, um, aspects, what you wanna be doing is you wanna be joining groups that are defining policies because you're better off being ahead of the game than, you know, sort of receiving um, decisions that, that are made without you. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's, it's kind of a loaded topic, the whole thing with, with privacy and everything, but it is so important. Um, I'm curious as to, in general, the people that are this part of the products that count community, are there um, like any trends that you've been seeing that are kind of shifting or picking up in popularity versus perhaps what was happening just even a few years ago? Yes, definitely. And that's the, the beauty of, of uh, product and, and digital and apps. Uh, it keeps changing. So the way we, you know, keep track of these trends is through a, a very large program we run once a year, uh, nominating and celebrating product awards. Uh, we this year received over 3000 nominations of products that are valuable to product managers. By the way, if you want to nominate your own app, you're welcome to do that. You can go to productsthatcount.com slash awards. And uh, out of these 3000 nominations, we have an independent advisory board composed of product management leaders that you know, assesses who are gonna be the, the winners every year. Um, but we also look at what are the trends that uh, are evolving in the market. One of the key accelerated trend over the last couple of years with COVID is that these um, products and generally the product management function is becoming a lot more strategic. And so what that means specifically is rather than be focused on feature function releases, they're focused on increasing revenue, reducing costs and driving productivity. So for increasing revenue, we've seen a lot of services you know, accelerate or contribute to product-led growth. That's kind of the key trend there. For reducing costs, we've seen an increasing amount of apps and services that are driving low code and no code services and solutions. And then for um, driving productivity, we've seen a lot of tools try to improve virtual collaboration. I will say though that this is the most sort of nascent of the three trends. And so I expect to see a lot more innovation there, especially as we kind of figure out the, the post COVID, you know, hybrid um, future of work. Wow, fascinating. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, and, you know, as, as we talk about like what's to come and bigger and better things that are out there, can you maybe tell us um, anything either that's uh, coming up for products account or other aspects of, of this topic that might interest our, our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, products that count is uh, you know really unique platform. 
I strongly encourage you to, to get involved. I mentioned your products that count.com. The majority of our programs are completely free. Um, so we have a, you know, a weekly newsletter that's incredibly popular, uh, that's free. Uh, we have an award-winning podcast. We just won a Webby Honorary Award. That's also free, uh, webinars and so on. And then we have a series of monthly programs that are generally curated to uh, the executive uh, in products. And I mentioned the, the annual programs as well. Uh, so these programs, they're sort of the, the bread and butter of products that count, uh, mostly free. And the reason is that we do want to attract the best product managers, the best products. And if we start to offer them paid content, it's actually gonna, gonna have the opposite effect. Uh, so to continue in that sort of virtuous cycle of attracting the best of the best, the other thing that we did is five years ago, we started a venture capital firm called Mighty Capital. We're right now investing out of our second fund and well underway in raising our third one. I mentioned that we're investors in DigitalOcean, Amplitude, uh, and a bunch of others uh, that are vertical solutions like Gaemon, Axern, Sorcero, uh, names that you might be familiar with because they're all in, in those uh, kind of apps that, that produce low-code product-led growth kind of solutions. Uh, so uh, the, the reason for, for this business model of, of investing and venture capital is that by funding the best companies, we help them also uh, access the best talent from our network. And, and that's really where uh, the, the top entrepreneurs and the top app builders are uh, gonna find the most value. So if you are looking for funding, you're also welcome to, to reach out to me. Uh, I mentioned our URL products that count.com. So my email is really easy. It's SC, my initials, at products that count.com. Wow, well that, well, that sounds exciting. So now getting into the, to the, the venture part of it. Um, and I'm sorry, how, how, how long ago did you say that this started? We started Mighty Capital five years ago. Five so. years ago, okay. And uh, I imagine that it's just been growing right from there and because the demand, the, the demand is there, right? Definitely, we see you know, about 5,000 companies every year uh, we're very selective in, in who we fund. So we invest in five to seven companies each year. And then once we pick a company to be added to our portfolio, we're incredibly value add. So we expose them to the products that count network in ways that, you know, will generate, will help them, you know, hire. Uh, for example, one of our uh, companies, Canela Media, we help them hire their chief product officer who, Prior to that was the chief product officer of Pluto TV. Uh, we helped them sell. Uh, I mentioned our, our portfolio company, Amplitude, that went public on the NASDAQ uh, a few months ago. We've helped them generate millions of dollars in, in revenue by inviting them to our executive programs and exposing them to literally dozens of potential uh, decision makers and customers. And then we also helped them sell their business, right? Exit, um, for example, one of our portfolio companies, Bid Discovery, we, uh, we just sold to, to Tenable, which is a publicly traded security company. And all of these connections are made through um, access to the products that count network. 
Well, it sounds like a really uh, tight-knit community uh, and uh, definitely beneficial for, for all parties involved, right? Everyone's kind of sharing and collaborating and helping each other grow. And uh, Yes, and that's been, you know, a, a joy to to see that if you if you think about you know building communities um the the way we we think about it is um through a flywheel of um product leaders who have been building great products for many years and at some point decide that to get to the next stage in their career they need to be part of what we call the product conversation so they'll start you know joining our our community, they'll speak at events, maybe they'll host a local chapter or, or a podcast. And then as they do that, they raise their brand, they become a trusted advisor to you know, younger product leaders, to entrepreneurs, app builders. And then through that process of you know, being trusted advisor and helping them, you know, they identify really the most promising opportunities for um, you know, possible investment. And then hopefully we invest in companies that are going to keep that flywheel running. Um, that's been a, a very, uh, very big part of, uh, of our focus in, in building the community. Well, congratulations to you for kind of getting that all going. And like you said, it's probably such a big joy and so rewarding for you to see how, how much it's grown and what an impact it's making on, on so many people. So, um, yeah. That's, that's kudos to you, definitely. Um, it takes a village. <laughs> that's true. Yes, it does. Um, uh, kind of what we'd like to do before we wrap up interviews is um, want to pick your brain a little bit and maybe see if you have some kind of mantra, uh, like a mantra for success that, that, you, that you like to share. Yes, for sure. Uh, you know, the, the, the best advice, and, and I, I, you can tell I like your know, framework and things that are really compact because they're memorable. Uh, the, one of the best advice I've ever received is uh, you are ready, right? Like there's nothing to wait for. There's no more knowledge to acquire before you start something. You'll learn what you need to learn along the way. So repeating like that, that sentence, you are ready, has been incredibly uh, beneficial for me over the course of my career. Uh, there's also a book that um, I've been reading multiple times over the years called um, The Big Leap, which talks about how you can spend more time in what you know, the author call your, your zone of genius as opposed to uh, your zone of excellence. And it really compares uh, a life of you know, maybe a, a more comfortable and, and less risky time where you do what you're good at and you know, it, it kind of going through the motion versus sort of taking a, a leap because you are ready, right? And, and, and doing things that are going to give you a lot of meaning, a lot of motivation that is uh, really intrinsic motivation. Uh, and that to me has been, um, it's been really influential and, and it keeps getting more and more influential. Like it doesn't get old if you want as a kind of an advice or mantra that I repeat to myself. We're gonna have to add that to my reading list. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's an easy read too, short book. Great, great. Well, Essie, I wanna thank you so much for your time and for talking to us about products that count and, and really the, the importance here of, of being part of a community that has so much to, to give and people can give to and contribute and kind of pay it forward and you get it back. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today's episode of The Apple Show. We hope you were able to take away some actionable insights in relation to how a network like Products That Count can help you stay informed and up-to-date on what it takes to build a great product that can transform lives and create value at scale. If you found today's episode to be helpful, please visit us at appgrowthnetwork.com and book your free call with us today to supercharge your mobile growth. See you in the next episode. Bye for now.